This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Acts, chapter number 16. In the book of Acts, chapter number 16, this is, if you grow up in church, it's probably one of the most um, celebrated chapters of Sunday school. It's a beautiful story, but it starts in a really bad place. Can I tell you that your situation might be bad now, but if you will learn what I'm trying to teach you, it will turn into a beautiful story. Now listen to where it starts in Acts chapter 16, verse number 22. It says, listen how encouraging this is. A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas. How many feeling good about that already? A mob formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them, watch this, strip naked. How many not feeling like your fight on the way to church was that big a deal right now? <laughs> strip naked and beaten with wooden rods. Wow, what a moment. Stripped, exposed, beaten. If that's not bad enough, they were severely beaten and then they were unjustly thrown into prison. Nobody's saying amen. I mean, think about this for just a moment. They were severely beaten. They were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. Can I tell you why he was ordered to make sure they didn't escape? Because they and their associates had a reputation of not being able to be held by prison. Could it not be amazing if you got a reputation that said, I don't know how they keep coming out of whatever it is they go through, but they keep coming out better than when they went in. So watch them carefully. But there was a fight going on. And suddenly there was a massive, uh, oh, watch this, I missed part. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet in the stocks. Around midnight, so it's late, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Doesn't sound like our normal behavior. And other prisoners were listening. And suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundation and all the doors immediately flew open and the uh, chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open, and he assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he drew his sword to kill himself. Now, this is one of the best lines of the whole passage. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, because we're all here. Would it not be so amazing that the environment of your life that you create makes you stop trying to get out of situations because you have found so much of Jesus in your situation. Hmm. Now think about this for a moment. They are stripped naked, exposed to the world, beaten, unjustly imprisoned, and, and, and what do they do? I mean, I mean, how many of us would grab a weapon if somebody was stripping us naked and beating us? Now, in all three services, when I've said that, you're in church, you're like, I wouldn't grab a weapon. I feel like Jesus when he said, you hypocrites, because I have watched the way you drive. (laughs) Better than that, I have watched you use your shopping carts at Walmart. (laughs) 
I understand how quickly it can go from everything is lovely, everything is beautiful, to I'm going to run you over. Let me show you how simple it can be. You get in line. You're in the 15 or less item line. What does 15 or less items mean? 15 or less items. And you look up and the person in front of you doesn't have 15, but they have 45. (laughs) And suddenly, your worship has turned into a fight. Nobody here would ever struggle with anything like that. Can I tell you what happened to me the other day when I, my children said, Dad, bring home food. We are hungry. And I should not have asked where they wanted food from, but they were like, we want the Lord's chicken. You know what I'm talking about. And so I'm like, They know I don't want to go there because the line is around the building twice. So I pull up and I'm like, I'm going to be positive about this moment. I'm going to be happy about this time. And I pull into line and I am in the part that's like 12 cars back from the 12 cars in front of me. And there's that little break in line and I'm finally at the break in the line and I have to wait for enough cars to go forward so that I can pull around and not block the line and stop traffic. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? I'm there. I'm ready. I'm I'm thinking, okay, I'm halfway there. But my children are going to be happy. And then all of a sudden, this lady (laughs) with a tag that's somewhere close to hell (laughs) came flying around, and she's talking to her buddy, and I can just see her. She's flying. She's flying in the parking lot. She's like, (laughs) and she goes. (laughs) I'm thinking to myself, oh, you did not. My hand is on the horn. I almost got out of my truck and walked inside and got a milkshake to redecorate her car. (laughs) I am so angry. I'm like, don't you? I'm actually saying it inside the car, but I'm afraid to roll down the window because half the teenagers there that work there go to the church here, and I don't want them to hear pastor having a meltdown in the parking lot. And I know this seems funny, but I'm trying to show you how easily your worship and your attitude can change. So I'm talking, I'm I'm talking to you about they got stripped naked, beaten, and you're going, no, I wouldn't grab a weapon. Yes, you would. (laughs) Yes, you do. Many times it's this thing right here. And we reach for a different weapon of the moment. We look for our, our angle to attack back from. We look for a failure on their part to exploit, some kind of fear to inflict that don't you ever dare cross me again. So I have to ask you, what is your weapon of choice? What is your weapon of the moment? I actually know spouses who, when they're angry at their spouse, purposely burn the food. I have heard of couples and couples counseling that when he's angry at her, he purposely turns down the thermostat. (laughs) 
Some of you fight with silence. Getting closer to home. You think that little lady I brought up here is sweet, but if she's mad at me and feels like I misbehaved enough, I can't say anything. She fights with the remote control. If I've been bad enough, I'll give you one guess what channel comes on my television. Hallmark. The weapon of the moment. Some of you are going, what's spiritual about this? I'm taking you somewhere. Because what weapon did Paul and Silas use? What weapon was at their avail? They had been stripped naked, beaten, and to justify it all, he was a citizen and he had every right to demand that they all be stripped naked and beaten themselves. Because his Rights as a Roman citizen. The Roman culture had the greatest citizenship rights of any in history. And as a citizen, he had the right to bring down the wrath of the Romans upon these people, who many of them probably weren't even citizens. But instead, Paul reaches for an interesting weapon. He grabs one of these metaphorically, but he grabs a paintbrush. Because Paul awakens in a situation that he doesn't like, and he can't change the moment, and he can't let the moment change him, so he makes a decision. I might not like where I am, but I'll start redecorating the environment with a better weapon, because this is how I fight my battles, my Praise is a weapon. And as, my goodness, I feel the Holy Spirit. So what does Paul begin to do? He literally looks around and the walls of his cell are plastered with pain. I thought there may have been so-and-so was here scribbled in. There might have been numbers of days that somebody counted away in the middle of that cell. Can I tell you something? Some of you have counted enough days. If you'll learn from Paul, you're coming out of that cell. Things are going to begin to change in your life because instead of fighting and inflicting more injury and wounds, and it would involve lawyers and all of this kind of stuff, Paul makes up his mind and he grabs an instrument of praise and he begins to paint the environment that he's in. And as he begins to paint the environment that he's in, the weapon of praise begins to change everybody around him. And here's what the Lord spoke to me through this this week. Where you are now is the only time in history, the moment you're in, The arguments you've just been through, the problem you're dealing with, the pressures you're under, this is the only opportunity in all of eternity for you to offer up a glorious praise at that moment because only once in your life will you pass this way and our path must be painted with praise when we get there. You say, but Pastor Don, you don't understand what I just woke into. I went to sleep and everything was good. I got up the next morning, my job changed, my life changed, my health change, but what you don't understand is I've come to give you a key to victory this morning, and the key to victory is this. You might have awakened in a pain-plastered prison cell, but you have an anointing in your life called praise that will burst out of you and let you redecorate every environment that you're in. Well, I feel the Holy Spirit today. Listen to me. 
When you choose to paint the moment with praise, that praise becomes the connection that brings heaven to earth. I know this sounds cliche, but it's such a truth. We must praise through, and then we will see a breakthrough. See, praise and thanksgiving and a heart of gratitude are the weapons that destroy the enemy. So what is your response to your hardships? What is your response to your discouragement? What do you do when you doubt? Do you agree with the enemy? Are you living in agreement? Yeah, nothing's going to work out. Some of you literally came in here this morning planting agreement with the enemy. Yeah, I don't deserve to be here. I'm not going to feel God. Everybody else is going to get blessed. Somebody else is going to get a word. And you were planting an agreement with the enemy. Instead of planting an agreement with the enemy, if you'll learn what I'm trying to tell you today, you might have had the worst week you've had in your life. But the moment your foot hits that parking lot, you pull out your praise and you begin to declare, you know what, I'm going to my father's house. And out here in might not be good, but in there I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise, and things are going to change. Am I making sense? I have this fear that one day I'm going to say, am I making sense? And you're going to go, not really. You see, praise lavishly poured out from our brokenness is the most precious costly offering we can give to our beautiful, glorious King. Now let me show you another popular praise Sunday school passage. 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Early the next morning, let me set the time, they know they're about to die. Imagine a small little, little group of warriors going out to fight a sea, literally a sea of enemy combatants. Early the next morning, they went out into the wilderness of Tekoa, not Tekoa, Georgia, but Tekoa. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, now listen to me, all of you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, believe his word, and you will succeed. And after consulting the people, the king appointed singers. Oh, you know what? I've never noticed that before. I've always just read it. He said, listen to what God has to say, and then he sent the singers out. But that's not what it said. It says, after he consulted the people. You're watching God download something into my spirit right now. He said, look, I want to help you. I want to encourage you. If you'll stand firm, if you'll stand strong. And, they, and he said, the people came to him and went, help us. And he's like, well, how can I help you? And they said, you know when you sing that one song? Do you see where I'm going with this? You know when you sing that one song? Because right now, I think I'm surrounded. (laughs) But I need somebody to remind me that I'm not surrounded by the enemy. I'm surrounded by the Lord. And I'm going forth the battle. And this is how I fight my battles. And and this is how I'm going to win. And this is how I'm going to overcome. And as I begin to get reminded of it, King, could you help me with this? I'm trying to listen. And the Holy Spirit speaking the same thing to us today. We are trying to create an atmosphere that if you came in here believing the lies of the devil, that we want you to lift up your head and look 
upward because your redemption draweth nigh. His name is Jesus, and I don't care what hell you've gone through. He's still God. He's still king, and he's still able. Can you give God a praise today? Amen. And the Bible says at the very moment they began to praise and sing that the enemy began to fight among themselves. What did they sing? Give thanks to the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Oh, how good is our God. Praise offered from a place of brokenness and trial will usher confusion into the enemy's camp. The kind of praise that counteracts the plans of the enemy and captures the heart of God. The enemy will become frazzled as we lift a a fragrant offering to the Lord amid brokenness and hardship. If we remain complacent and lazy and silent, we will allow the enemy to gain a foothold. But God is calling us to be a people of praise, a people of thanksgiving, a people who will no longer sit silent, but we will relieve. Listen to, can I tell you something? You guys are, are perfect. You are the perfect church for me to attend. Let me tell you why. Somebody came into our church one time as a staff member and they said, how do you lead such an aggressive, hard-headed group of people? <laughs> this was their exit interview. I said, because it takes one to lead one. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I get it. But why being so strong as we are Have we cowered in the pain of the prison cell? It's because we're tired and we're weary. But I want to show you something I've never seen before out of Hosea chapter number 10 as we're rapidly moving toward a conclusion today. But Hosea chapter 10, I want you to see what the word says. It says, I will force, notice this, I will force who? Who? Help me with who? Judah. Judah to pull the plow. Judah will plow, and Israel to break up the hard ground. I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness, and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts. Plow it up. Don't allow yourself to grow weary. Don't allow yourself to to grow tired and hardened over by all the things you've been through. For now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you. Now watch this. You need to plow up the areas of your life that are barren and plant the good things of God. Now, I want you to understand, I'm looking for the fighters. I'm looking for the warriors this morning. I'm looking for the people who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm looking for the people who are ready for a breakthrough because watch this, pity plants, but praise plows. Let me say it again, pity plants, but praise plows. Pastor Don, where are you getting that from? Who did the Bible say, I will tell who to plow? Judah. Judah is Hebrew and its translation is praise. Judah translates what? Praise. Judah translates what? Praise. 
praise. In other words, I will tell praise to plow the way. I will tell you how to break up the hardened areas of your life. Stop pitying about it. Stop worrying about it. Stop pleading over it and plant your foot. Stand up strong and put your back to the plow and say, I don't care what tomorrow looks like. I'm going to praise. I'm going to worship. I don't care how I feel. He's still holy. He's still God. He's still good. He's still able. He's still faithful. He's still righteous. He's still true. I'm going to paint my path with praise. Matthew chapter one says it this way. I love this. Judah means what? Praise. Praise. Judah had two two sons, twins, and their names were Perez and uh, Zerah. Perez and Zerah. Perez and Zerah. Say it with me. Perez and Zerah. Judah means praise. Perez means breakthrough, and Zerah means break out. So praise has an offspring of breakthrough that will cause your destiny to break out. Are you with me on that? Praise will create, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. Praise creates the right atmosphere. And you're going, but Pastor Don, you don't understand. You don't see what's around me. You don't see where I found myself. Praise should not be reactive to the seen. It should be proactive to the unseen. I don't know how I'm coming through, but you don't have to give me another chance, O King. I will go through the fire if necessary, but I want it to be understood today, though he spare me or not, he's still God and he's still worthy, and he's still holy, and he's still faithful. I'm going to paint the atmosphere that I walk through. So we're going to come back around, and I'm looking for some people who need a breakthrough that's going to bring the break out of your destiny. And we're going to sing. Do you see where we're going with this? (laughs) And we're going to paint. Yeah, I cannot buy the sermon illustration God gives me. Last night I get home and my grandson's running around. I'm thinking, why is he not asleep? I'm tired. I can't feel my feet. And he's got a paintbrush in his hands. And he comes up to me and he goes, I'm going to paint you, Papa. He climbs up on my stomach, flops down, gets himself comfortable down in there. Come on now. And starts going... I'm painting you, Papa. I'm painting you, Papa. I said, let me see that. So I said, now I'm painting you, Jonah. I'm painting you, Jonah. Watch this now. And I realized at that moment that God was giving me a gift of the moment. Why? Because the Bible says that when the doors flung open, the prisoners didn't leave because as Paul and Silas painted the atmosphere around them, it began to repaint the atmosphere of the other prisoners. And watch this now. As they began to paint the right atmosphere, the jailer said, my life is over. And they said, no, 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 no. Your life is just begun and he and his whole household were saved. I'm trying to tell you how to let God break through into your family. Find a praise and change the environment. Come on, let's worship this morning. Amen. Sometimes you have to plow. You have to keep on going. Now there's those kind of sermons I preach to you and we we cry and we we believe it's a point of significant turnover to God and and all those kind of things. But I I don't want you to have that mental image of this moment. I want you to have this mental image. 
you are talking to a child on a little league ball team. He is scared out of his mind. You have paid $300 for a bat. You have bought the right bag, the right gloves, the right shoes. You've been at every stinking practice, and it's the first game, and he doesn't want to go out there to the mound or to the, to the batter's box. And you're looking at him going, you don't understand. You will go to the batter's box. If you ever want french fries again and chicken tenders, you're going to go to the batter's box. Now you're going, Pastor Dunn, that's just me. Sometimes you got to be a little bit aggressive. Watch this. Get your tail out to the batter's box. And they go out there and tears are streaming down their face and they square up and they miss it and they miss it. But then they make connection. And when they make connection, they come around the field and they look at you and they say, like our little boy said to me, I'm considering a career in this. Come on now. Amen. I'm considering a career. Why? Because somebody said... Stop pitying about it, and I'm telling you, I cannot walk you quietly through this. All I can do is say, find your praise, get in the box, and start painting, and God will move for you. Amen. Well, I commission you, go forth victorious. Now listen to me. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't know why we're so excited. You need to understand that some of the people that are up here dancing used to dance at the bar. Some of them would be embarrassed for you to see footage. Some of us used to eat from the troughs of hypocrisy and lived in a place of despair and pity. But God rescued us. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and you want to find a reason why you can praise, I'm going to be right down front right after this service. I want you to know, I cannot give this to you the way I normally do. I bow your heads and close your eye moment. It is, go forth in the truth of the word. today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find Real Love Now.